Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful day. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for filmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. You just really went for the most on-the-nose choice, huh? Look, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> it could have been more on-the-nose. It could have been from the movie. That's this, the, the, yeah, it, it, I was thinking, like, how bad would it be if I just did A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? And I figured it would be pretty bad. And then I thought about uh, the, the, what is it, Ice Cube song? It was it was a good day? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Classic. Okay. Yeah. But then I was like, yeah, let's go Beautiful Day by U2 from Songs of Experience. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Michael Snydell, uh, always eager to voice his opinions on my music choices. <laughs> Bill Graham is not here today. In his place, we have Robin Barr. Hola. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing good. Have you been having a beautiful day? Um, mostly napping. So That's, yeah, that sure. That sounds pretty goddamn beautiful to me. <laughs> we- <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Robin, before we begin, why don't you introduce yourself to the people at home? Sure. Um, So I'm Robin Barr, and I'm a freelance TV and film critic. Um, I've been writing pretty extensively for The Hollywood Reporter for a couple of years. Um, I've also been featured in places like Vanity Fair and The Guardian and and things like that. Um, My my medium is probably mostly TV, but I have lots of opinions about film, Um, big film person and hugely into the oscars so i definitely come from an awards um awards mindset as well so this is your time this is your season oh it's my season (laughs) just like i went to the chiropractor the other day and they were like oh we should make more appointments for you i was like i don't have time (laughs) i have screeners (laughs) it's oscar season (laughs) help and wait my 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 daughter's nanny slash babysitter or whatever came over the other day and pointed at the perilous stack of screeners on my kitchen <laughs> counter and said what's all this and i said oh prudy this is my life for the next it's three work. weeks <laughs> like, it's you, work not pleasure <laughs> yeah because everyone's like oh that's so cool like you got a screen like you know you got the the thing for joker and you've got like a bunch of the netflix ones and i was like i just want them to go away <laughs> I just never know what to do with them afterwards. You're supposed to destroy them, but like... I know. How? You know? That's what I always yeah. wonder. Yeah. My initial thought the first year I got them was, I should have a bonfire. And then I thought, I don't want to die in two years of whatever I would be inhaling. Yeah, no house. kidding. Yeah. No kidding. So I, I just say uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> I am, what do you guys I, do with the swag? Like I, the random swag? Like I the don't giant really book for it. marriage story? Did you get that? Yes! Oh my god, it was like six pounds. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to say one thing, and then I promise I will not complain about screeners anymore. I'm just saying, I would love to get a Blu-ray screener instead mm. of a giant book of photos. Right. I, how much are they spending on this massive picture book of, the, of the, the feel-good story of a crippling divorce? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> It's not even like I got one for, I don't know, like a beautiful day in the neighborhood or missing link or something or like some 
gauzy, beautiful thing where I can be like, oh, that movie that gave me so many good feelings. Like, maybe I will sit down with this and just explore the costuming. Well, you're anyway. just going to have to watch it. It was pretty movie. good. <laughs> the costuming was pretty good. I don't know. That movie made me laugh a lot. Like, they gave us tissues at the screening, and I never opened them. Are you kidding but me? But I cried at Uncut Gems. I cried so hard at Uncut Gems, and I laughed at, like, that moment in Marriage Story. I have not like, seen Marriage Story yet. Uh, oh, so God. that was another okay. problem with the getting the book was like, okay, but I still need the screener. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's going to be out, you know, on Netflix at least in a couple of weeks. I exactly. Do, I do hate the, um, <laughs> well, okay, so here's the problem. This is so not on topic and everyone at home is rolling their eyes, but I don't care. My critic circle votes like the second weekend of December. Mm-hmm, ours too. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay. It's December 7th. Uh, I know I'm going to get movies for the next three weeks still. And uh, so I can't wait for Netflix to get its act together and put some stuff on there. I need my screeners. But at the same time, I don't need a giant coffee table book for Marriage Story. Because last year for Roma, hung on to that because why not? It's a beautiful movie. But I really don't know what I'm doing with Marriage Story. <laughs> or us. It's That's another a perennial one. question. What? Where is everybody, like where are they situated? I'm in Boston. I am in Washington, D.C. Oh, nice. I, I am in Chicago. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> they have good pizza. Boo. Oh, oh, no, we're not doing this again. Brian. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm no, from New York, and I can recognize that they have good pizza. Thick ass pizza. We, anyway. we, have had, we have had fights about this before, Rob. <laughs> Michael Snydell, like all people from Chicago, is very into being from Chicago. That's a thing. It is a total thing. Yeah, it's like, a total thing. I, I think I've said it before. My freshman year roommate at college, the University of Maryland, was a guy, uh, Ben Meyerson. Shout out to Ben. He does not listen to this podcast, I think. But he, <laughs> it just every fucking movie I watched, he'd be like, oh, this was shot in Chicago. Oh, they definitely shot this in Chicago. Oh, yeah. I know. Okay. My friend's boyfriend does the same exact thing. Like, he lives in New York. He's lived in New York for three years. And, like, anything about Chicago, he's posting that link. He's putting it on his IG story. It's like, oh, look, this beautiful thing happened. I'm like, you don't even live there anymore. Explain yourself, Michael. (laughs) So you want to talk about Alderman, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Robin, if you ever have just, like, three hours to kill... Like, and you literally can't, I don't know, like, find anything better to do. Just listen to our episode on Widows, where Michael spent the entire time complaining oh, that it didn't accurately reflect local Chicago politics. I didn't politics. even like the movie the first time. <laughs> oh, Robin, then we're in good company. Oh, good. Did I'm you good. dislike okay. it because of its lack of realism with relation to how aldermen operate? I, oh. I imagine that, like, the Batman, the dark Batmans were more Chicago than Widows. This is true. This is true. That's how I envision it. <laughs> Look, as a but guy the who... Good, the good wife is more Chicago. And yes, and it's Happy still endings. super not Chicago. <laughs> Happy Endings is very Chicago as well. Um, oh, God, that show. I fucking love that show. A lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, do you not? <laughs> That's my response. <laughs> she said very cuttingly. No, I did watch all of it. I just forgot it existed. I well, didn't on, make it to the pilots. <laughs> what? That is one of those shows that even after they put it on Hulu and kind of like forgot about it, they still air all the episodes out of out of order, which annoys the hell out of me. Um, what are we talking about? What are we doing here? I have no idea. What are we, what are we doing here? I don't know. I feel like a chaos muppet. I'm just bringing <laughs> bringing my chaos wherever I go. The problem is that usually when we're this 
just horrible at staying on topic. It's because we've recorded like two of these in a row. And this is the first of two in a row that we're going to be recording. So God only knows what Knives Out's going to be like. Yes, yes. We're talking about Mr. Rogers. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the newest film from Muriel Heller, uh, who previously directed Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, this movie stars Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese, and uh, we're going to get into it just as soon as we do all the other stuff that we usually do up front, rather than <laughs> complaining about screener season. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Film Stage Show, Facebook The Film Stage Show, iTunes, follow us, give us a comment and rating, subscribe, uh, email us podcastfilmstage.com, don't forget to go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmstageshow. For as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our super cool Slack channel and first crack at all of our movie raffles. Uh, we are also brought to you by Mubi. The online streaming cinema. Where every day, their fantastic curators bring you a brand new film to watch and enjoy. They've still got their OSS 117s up there. So, I don't know. Has anyone watched any of those? Nope. <laughs> cool. I barely know what's going on. Michael, Michelle, Michelle Hazanavicious, who won for the artist, his stuff is currently on movie. Yeah. And uh, I just want to do. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird to me that that movie exists and won. Um, if you're a fan yep. of D, uh, Dark Waters and uh, movies with uh, water that is appended by some kind of adjective, we also have Deep Water on movie as part of their Isabelle Huppert performance as Rebirth series. Yikes. Look, I'm finding connections. Yikes. I'm making it work. Uh, and then I just want to, uh, as part of that same series, I want to, again, shout out Time of the Wolf from Michael Haneke, who that's, and I think that legitimately might be my favorite movie of his, but I do have to rewatch it just to be sure, because it's possible that Cachet takes it over. I also, love him. He is the best. Every das Weisse Bond. Mm. <laughs> Great movie. That is such a good movie. I just, uh, uh those friggin' children. Anyway. <laughs> That's my full review of that movie. It's just these those little children. those little pre-Hitlers. They're yeah. great. Look, kids love fascism. We all know this. We've all been on a mm-hmm. playground. And speaking of <laughs> Mr. Roger, <laughs> I also just wanted to before we jump into that shout out. Uh, talk about kids behaving badly and loving fascism. Nocturama still on there. Check it out. It is a great movie. But yes, uh, for your free 30-day trial of Mubi, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And now we can talk about a beautiful a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Again, It's a bit of a like mouth meal kind of title, isn't it? It is. If, th- if this movie is unsuccessful, I believe it will be because of this title. Not to bring her up for a second time, but my daughter's nanny was over today and... Um, she said, like, oh, what, what movie are you going to go watch? And I said, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which I think she then got confused with the documentary that came Won't out. You Won't you be, be my, my neighbor? neighbor? Oh. Which makes sense because both of them are movies about Fred Rogers and both of them take lyrics from his opening song and just repurpose them into a title that is kind of long and unwieldy and hard to remember sometimes. But anyway. We're here to talk about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Again, the newest film from director Muriel Heller, who previously did last year's awards uh, contender. Can you ever forgive me? This movie stars Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese, amongst many others. And here is the trailer. Uh, 
Ne yapalım? Mr. Rogers. I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Boyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? All right, that is the trailer for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's out in theaters and wide release now. We're here to talk about it. As always, we will begin with our spoiler-free section and then move on into spoilers. Uh, This movie is based off of the article that was written in Esquire by Tom Junod. Is that how you say that? Does anyone know? Please help me. No idea. Just going to go with that. Who knowed? <laughs> Who not? That's my whole thinking. Is like, is it a soft J? Is, am I not Could supposed to yeah. pronounce the D? You know? You, like, you knowed? You knowed? <laughs> so anyway, Tom was a writer for Esquire magazine who was, uh, as part of their Heroes edition, writing about Fred Rogers, wrote an incredible article that is one of the great feature stories ever written. And this movie is a fictionalization of the friendship and the story behind that article. So let's talk. He was supposed to write a 400 word article. I just, I just want to, I want to start with that. (laughs) I, um, there was, when this movie premiered at like, I think it was a festival somewhere. I loved all of the people who actually write for magazines saying like, I want to see the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern style like, you know, a version of this movie from the point of view of his editor who gave him a 400 word profile <laughs> and received a 10,000 word feature story. <sighs> because, yeah, that's a I jump. mean, 400 words is nothing. It's no. not. I accidentally write 400 words when I'm like writing a movie review and then I'm like, oh, I still haven't said the title of the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, if the beginning of this podcast taught us anything, it's that it can be hard for us to get on topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so 400 words just try it just like go go and start writing a story in microsoft word and see how quickly you hit 400 words and then imagine doing i don't know 20 times that <laughs> so here we are here to talk about a beautiful day in the neighborhood let us do that uh initial impressions nutshell thoughts let us start with you robin oh boy so i had two major thoughts about this movie number one I love Tom Hanks in this, but did anybody notice that his voice was totally wrong? <laughs> for for Mr. Rogers? For Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers has like kind of a high, almost like nasally, very Pittsburghian accent. <laughs> and Tom Hanks is there in like full his like full baritone thing going on. It was very it was very gentle. Yeah. But I wanted more of the voice work to be there. No, I thought he was great. It was probably my second favorite supporting performance that I've seen so far this year. Oh, well, maybe second or third. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of like a miss for me. Interesting. I'm curious to know what you think the other best supporting performances are. Oh, I love Shia LaBeouf in Honey Boy. And I think my favorite is Timothy Chalamet in Little Women. He was so good. (laughs) Two movies I've not stole. had the opportunity to see yet. Steals the movie from all of those little women. It's almost like bad that he does. 
it's like, oh, God, you're making a movie called Little Women. You have all of these female protagonists. Don't cast someone as charismatic as Timothy Chalamet. He's so good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I did love I did love Tom Hanks's performance because he makes Mr. Rogers to be like a little bit creepy, you know? Interesting. I look forward to uh, digging into that more. Um, just talking about, I guess, like the ways that he doesn't deliver on the Mr. Rogersness of it. I think his eyebrows are not quite right. And I also <laughs> think that he is not skinny enough. He's not. No, he's a little bit too portly for Mr. Rogers. Yes, I agree. Wow. There's shaming well, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, only a fatty could say that. And I am just full on saying it. That's true. I am overweight and I am saying it. Mr. Rogers in this movie has too much weight on him. Uh, that is hypocritical, but I am shielded by my own weight. It's actually funny, though, because there is a huge amount of, well, not a huge amount, but there's a big section of the actual article that talks about how Fred Rogers weighed 143 yes. pounds and how important that number was to him. In like an OCD kind of way. Seemingly. There's a lot about him that it, it, he, yes. he was very clearly connected to his persona and knew where his power stemmed from and would like lay into certain things very specifically. Uh but we'll talk more about that as we talk about the yeah. film, I'm sure. Michael Snydell, general thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I usually hate biopics or movies that are like this. I thought this was – this should be a disaster of a movie. <laughs> and I think um, Meryl Heller, uh, who I, I've liked more with each of her previous films. We already talked about Can Ever Forgive Me and Diary of a Teenage Girl, I think that's right. Die of a Teenage Girl. Uh, was actually, I also thought was uh, pretty interesting. Um, but this, like this, I, I, I'm amazed at how Heller elevates this out of uh, sentimental moments at like every turn. And also like Tom Hanks is not the star in this movie, which no. I somehow really – didn't get even from the trailer <laughs> like this is matthew reese's movie mm -hmm. and, yeah. and i think i think it's the reason the movie works too and i think heller gets that too is that like, i kind of secretly believe that heller has a little bit of skepticism about the power mm. of mr rogers as well and i think that's what gives this movie its power is that it's coming from a place of it's coming from not only a place of skepticism, but of a way of wanting to look at, you know, his abilities as more than just like a fundamental kindness and as something like more pure. Um, mm -hmm. Like, like I think it's really interesting that every – or not interesting, but it's really a disservice that everybody's like – you know, it throws this into like the nice court territory because I think this movie's a lot more interesting than that. And I am furious that you use the term nice core. I, I am too. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I, I my heart grew three uh, three sizes when I said it. So um, don't worry. I, I'll probably have you're gonna die problems. is what you're saying because of your enlarged <laughs> <Yes>. heart. <laughs> I have health problems now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I I really like this movie and not uh, – we'll talk more about how this subverts like standard biopics, but 
Because it's not a biopic. It's not even even a little bit of biopic. (laughs) You had the same friggin' issue last week with Ford v. Ferrari. It's not a biopic just because it involves real people. All right. Anyways, the what I mean is stories that are based on or, or dramatizations of true stories. I often find either uh, to be hagiographies, or I find them to be very treacly. I find them to be, you know, like dramatically, st- really stale. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is honestly really interesting. And I think. Heller and Reese are excellent and Hanks is like good, but I really think it's uh, Heller and Reese and um, the cinematography is not at all what I expected in this movie. This is like a way more overcast, desaturated uh, Mr. Rogers movie than I expected. Um, There's some like really nice use of shadows. Um, yeah, I am. Let me let me be totally on the record here. I am distrustful of how much I like this movie because I feel like I should hate it. <laughs> yeah, I have the same feeling because I found it super duper entertaining. Like it it kind of enthralled me as I was watching it because it's yeah. like you said, it's not the typical. I mean, it's a little bit mawkish to me, um, but it's really not that. I mean, even just the framing device, which I'm sure we can talk about in a little bit, is mm-hmm. totally unique. It goes to some very strange. It's like a weirdo movie. Like you're like, what the hell am I watching right now? This is not at all what I was expecting. Um, you mean the dream sequence? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, but, I mean, what I love are the the way they take the the tropes of the show itself and they make that as part of the um exterior mm-hmm. se- sequences um oh. which i thought was totally brilliant like i just loved that sort of playfulness about the movie um yeah in that way there's a lot in this movie that shouldn't work that does it was right kind of kind of incredible i think i'm less yeah. sold on this movie than y'all are um I found its kind of emotional resolution to be not very cathartic or moving. I I was more moved by the issues that the characters were having than their eventual resolutions, which kind of, I think, robs the power of a lot of what the movie's trying to do, because it's supposed to be all about moving towards those resolutions. At Hmm. the same time, I think Tom Hanks is very good as Fred Rogers. I think that Matthew Reese has got some uh, big Philip Jennings energy going on in this movie. And I'm here for it. <laughs> That's simmering anger. Right. Yes. Just, if you need a guy who looks like the most milk toast person on earth, <laughs> but who seethes with a homicidal rage that you do not question, like legitimately, he should have been in the new Terminator movie. Like, I think that... Matthew Reese, like if they ever do like a, uh, a a prequel series or like you know a reboot of Taken, I think Matthew Reese is your guy. You know? Oh my god, <laughs> Taken the younger years. Yeah, which they tried to do in a TV series, but that I'd never watched. But like, also he's Welsh, so he could you know have the same. It's like, what is this weird UK accented person doing pretending to be an American? Just let him it, let it him works. Yeah, let him throw out his uh his his Welsh accent in the Taken prequel movie that I'm now pushing. Um but he's great. He's great in this. I I love it. He's he reminded me in some ways of specifically 
Philip Jennings every time that he had to deal with Paige's preacher. And I apologize <laughs> to everyone who did not watch The Americans and has no idea what I'm talking about. I don't, but I but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like approaching this person who is purely good and being like, how can I destroy you? <laughs> Pretty much. But Mr. Rogers is, I mean, what what I think was really great about this film is that it shows two things. Number one, that you don't want too much Mr. Rogers because the way I thought of this film is like, it's like Creed in the office. There was just enough of him, but if you had an inch more, it would be too much. Yeah. And then the second thing was the guy was kind of controlling. Like if you like in all of those scenes where he's ostensibly doing the interviewing and it's supposed to be the other way around, it's like, stop trying to have so much control over the situation <laughs> this is like brand management and i can see right through you <laughs> i love you but come on i do wonder how much people who have uh, experience with interviewing are, are getting a different thing out of this because i found those scenes so visceral in a way that i feel like some of my audience did not <laughs> like just they're gory i would oh my god yes I almost wish I, I don't do that many interviews, but when I do, I often find that like I wish that someone would act more like a Fred Rogers does in this movie. Like I'd be down to have someone who is a little more willing to be like like we investigate each other on top of just me like asking my questions and getting a pat answer. Um sure. But yeah, in general I, I quite enjoyed this movie. I was not bored during it. I, I really liked a lot of the performances. I found the uh, cinematography, like Michael said, to be interesting. Because there were times when it felt very, I it, it like it was almost sometimes lit like an older television show, but in a way that didn't make it look cheap. In a way that just kind of added to that aesthetic that we get on like the transitional and exterior scenes that I really liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, I think that like walking into this movie having only seen the trailer that I played that made it seem like it would be like just. Falling around Mr. Rogers is like the world loves him. It's sure. it's it's really great to actually like spend so much of the movie without him and then to first hear him on the phone and then kind of like work your way up to him. And then to just have him be like this weird gremlin-esque presence in this man's <laughs> life that's pushing him towards bettering himself as a human being. I mean, but that's a that's a very accurate reading. It's like a benevolent gremlin. Yeah. Like this trickster god who just walked into your life yes. but isn't trying to get your money, is just trying to get you to forgive your father. That sounds like something out of the magicians. <laughs> I mean, there are so many bad dad movies this year. Everybody's a bad daddy. I was about to say, like, the best yeah. bad dad movie of all, Crawl. <laughs> oh, God. Spoiler alert. I haven't seen it yet. Well, it's just Barry Pepper is an estranged father and his daughter has to save him from alligators. I mean, it's that classic uh, story, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the classic story of talking about how dad wasn't there while an alligator's in the crawl space. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't that happened to? <laughs> well, you know, for me, it was uh, a bear, you know? But, like, it, the oh, basic God. idea is the same. <laughs> I, I am curious, what is what are uh, both of yours previous experience with Mr. Rogers? Sexually? <laughs> I mean, Mr. you mean like, Rogers our taught me the pleasures of the flesh in ways that I've never known. 
Um, I mean, I watched oh, him as a kid. Yes. <laughs> I, I love, I really loved him as a kid. Um, I, cu- I was telling my husband, like, I couldn't remember a single one episode from the show, but I remember it being a constant presence growing up. I really mm-hmm. like the land of make believe. And I loved the little documentaries that he would do. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I was telling him, like, I'm, I have like mixed feelings about screen time, but I was like, let's just buy all the DVD sets of Mr. Rogers. And that's the only thing my child will know. Kind of like Plato's cave. Like they have no <laughs> idea YouTube exists, <laughs> but <laughs> they learn everything from like the 1970s version of how things are made. Like, I'm into that. I, love I have no when children. They, when they did that in this movie where they were like, you know, oh, yeah. it's about, about, about how magazines are made. Yeah. And then they worked their it way up brilliant. from production back to, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Especially because I too loved those documentaries. <laughs> exactly. Those things rule. So tranquil. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was one, I think specifically there was one about making crayons. Mm. Which is probably like my first ever moment of ASMR as like a human being. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my God. So look delicious. At the, look at the crayons. <laughs> I am, um, me and Mr. Rogers, I remember him being on, I don't remember why or where or how. It was just one of those things. Uh, kind of like my joke about how people, well, like, you know, before streaming happened, I used to joke that people see Die Hard on accident four times a year. And it was just like, <laughs> if you turn on a television at two o'clock in the afternoon, odds are Mr. Rogers is going to be on. And I um, I did not like The Land of Make-Believe. I remember that. And I uh, I was sort of okay with most of it, but like, I really lived for the documentaries I it's weird. I don't have any like real connection to Mr. Rogers like as like okay. a thing that I really loved as a child, but it is a thing that I recall. And um, you know, as I've grown up and looked back at it, I was like, oh, you know that that's something that I wish that I had maybe valued more as a child. Right. I'm not going to ask you all how old you are, but like, what years were you born? <laughs> I mean, that tells you. I am 32 years old. Okay. I was born in 1987. Okay, I'm, I'm born 88. Okay. Oh, you feed us. <laughs> I um. I can't so, even do the math on that one. That's 91. Ew. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that different from y'all. <laughs> Take it easy. Whatever. There you are micro generations. It's like it's Mike. Kenahari, you wouldn't even understand. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, what? We're like the older. No, my sister's like the oldest millennial, so we're like the second oldest millennials, and then Michael is like true shitty millennial. I think is what you're called. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, you fucker. <laughs> the shit millennial. <laughs> we're the beauteous millennial. <laughs> uh, um, I do have a child, and I have thought about like putting on Mr. Rogers for her sometimes, but like I don't, I I don't know. I I don't usually try to give her too too much screen time and because i love movies so much i prefer that she sees something narrative but i think she would actually dig mr rogers i think that i think that that is something that she would like i think so much of kid stuff is like blammo yeah i try to avoid that shit like like a goddamn plague like i don't let her watch peppa pig because peppa pig sucks peppa pig is a demon (laughs) in pig form paw patrol Paw Patrol, I think, is fine, but I cannot stand the animation. It's so cheap looking. So, like, my mother is Those like... Canadians. You don't like Paw Patrol in the backyard again? I'm like, she can watch that stuff at your house, Mom. When she's here, it's Pixar <laughs> and, like, Hilda. Are you kidding? What's Hilda? Hilda's this Netflix show based on a series of graphic novels about, like, an eight-year-old girl who's, like, in some weird 
Nordic land and it's all about her like adventures with uh mythical creatures and stuff and it's it's really good it's kind of cool it's pretty great i uh i highly recommend it it's on netflix you sound like a real mr rogers for your child ryan just saying showing her hilda (laughs) no (laughs) controlling what she watches and how she lives i mean mean, she's she's three years old If it weren't for me making choices for her, sometimes she just wouldn't eat. <laughs> this is how a typical conversation will sometimes go with her. Cora, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. Do you want pasta? No. Pizza? No. Do you want grilled cheese? No. Peanut butter jelly? No. Chicken? No. And then it just goes like that. And then finally, I make something, put it in front of her, and she says, thank you, daddy, and starts eating it. I feel like you should not give her any choices whatsoever. I have pretty much stopped doing that, which was funny because she recently spent some time at my mother's, you know, like with her, like you know, Mimi and grandpa. And my mother calls me and says, you told me she ate really well. Every time I ask her what she wants, she says no to everything. And I told her, I was like, Ma, you just got to make her something and put it in front of her. Yeah, Stop don't be such an American choices. mother. Land fought terrible. Remember, remember what you did to me when I was a kid? Just do that again. <laughs> I was gonna I thought you were gonna say do the opposite. <laughs> but like in in reading uh the 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 feature that this movie was based on. Yeah. And um and watching this movie, I really like the way that he talks about like, you know, remember yourself as a child and that will help you like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deal with your own child. And I, I try to do that as much as possible. Like, my daughter has this this flashlight that I use for fixing the car that she's in love with. And at first I was like, you cannot play with my flashlight. And then I was like, remember how much you as a child just loved flashlights because you could, like, shine it on a wall and the color would change? Like, just let your damn daughter have the flashlight. So now she owns that flashlight. And it's, like, her Ugh. favorite thing. Kids, like, touch their stuff and that's so annoying. <laughs> I'm like right with Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have so many toys, and I'm like, don't touch everything. Like everything's in its place. I'm like, Uh, what if my kid just like touched all my toys? (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't have any toys, so that's not a problem for me. The only thing she's not allowed to touch are the typewriters. She can't reach most of those though, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, she loves to touch everything. Everything is new. Everything is interesting. Recording equipment. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes she touches the recording equipment, oh, and then we start the podcast, and I'm like, "Uh, oh, my voice sounds real weird. Give me three <laughs> seconds." Oh boy. Um, should we talk about this actual movie? <laughs> no, I just want to well, talk yeah, about we're... children and Mister Rogers. I think all, all of that is to say, I'm curious. Like Michael, did you have a lot of like? Do you lo- are you a Rogers head? Are you a Fred head? <laughs> Rogers. Um. Yeah, you know, I like his early material, the later. Uh, <laughs> his blue period. <laughs> no, I like uh, like you guys, like Mr. Rogers was kind of a constant presence, but I don't think I – it was very interesting actually seeing that doc last year, which I didn't think was a very good movie. But Me neither. Me neither. Um, it was very interesting that. to watch because it made me realize – how freaking long he did this. Like he did it for 30 plus years. And I guess what I was watching must have been reruns from much before, you know, my time. So it's just, it was fascinating to kind of get a larger scope of of something that I, I had a very obviously narrow purview 
of, but I, I didn't think of him as aging, <laughs> obviously. Like, right. It's just, he was always old. Exactly. It was, it was very strange to watch that and get, get a sense of his, his growth. And yeah, like Mr. Rogers was definitely something that I liked for a while, but I, I think that I do now have like, again, I, I think I probably came in with a bit of skepticism, which is why I perhaps found this a lot more interesting than the doc in moments like, you know, for instance, when, um, when Lloyd is just like continually asking him, you know, how was it with your kids having to deal with like having a saint as a father? And, and, you know, he asks his, or I suppose the saint line is actually to his wife, but, um, Mm -hmm. either way, like both of those I thought were much more interesting contradictions than not, not to go (laughs) on that doc from last year, but like, Oh, hey, Mr. Rogers is a conservative. Like, yes, that's like widely known if you begin to look into it. Like, wait, was uh, that like the pitch of the doc? Was that no, like- but like, but like it, it didn't act like it was quite a mic drop, but it's like, oh, he might have had a problem with sexuality. Like, there's a possibility that this person who is meant to be palatable to everyone had views that didn't agree with okay, this like, is crazy because oh, i was watching this movie and i'm like okay fred rogers lover of of children and man like you know people all over the world you know and he's he's all talking about acceptance sure. and stuff and then i was like if he was alive still how long until someone asked him about like <laughs> trans rights and he gets mm, canceled gets, you know jake ducked <laughs> and it's just like yeah i mean he was a minister I- sure in fact if there's one thing that I don't know that I like this movie does a good job of not completely washing away his his Christianity, but I yeah. feel like they could have added some more in there. And I'm just like, they talk about him praying. They show him praying. He asks someone to pray. And I'm like, that's more God and Christianity than I usually get in any movie. So I'm great with this. <laughs> But there is a part of me that, again, reading the feature itself where he says, like, that his favorite prayer is just thank you, God. And um, uh, like a bunch of other stuff, you know, like you said, he was a minister and stuff. Like, I just wish that they maybe had put a little more of that in. Because it was clearly a large part of who he was and how he found the strength to keep doing all of this. (laughs) Well, I think there was I, I think that there is. That it's interesting that you're saying that you didn't feel that enough of that was there. As I felt like, I felt like that was a constant uh, kind of like factor and presence when he would just talk to Lloyd in general, like just the way that he would, you know, invoke spirituality and talk about like this place of Zen that he goes to, you know, whether it's just through choir or, or whether it's, uh, you know him indulging in his own demons and things like that. So I, it's, it's very interesting that you're saying that you wanted more of that. Cause I thought this film was kind of quite good at that. And even in the kind of subtle way it deals with, it, it felt a lot more honest to me about fatherhood than a lot of films do as well. Even as that's like, Oh yeah. Michael, what do you know minis- about fatherhood? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, a somewhat like minuscule part, but I still felt like both of those were like little fringe things that that felt surprisingly rich to me and ways that I guess I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not explaining very well. Like there's something just really fascinating to me here 
that this movie isn't really about kindness. Like I, 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 I'm still struggling, I guess, what what I'm actually trying to get at further here. But I – Well, in that, in that I, way, I, like, you know, you said this movie isn't really about kindness. I mean, to me, the movie is about finding healthy ways to process and express your emotions. Um, yes. Robin, would you what, – what do you find yeah. this movie to be about? Yeah, I think that's pretty – um, it's definitely about, I mean, forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's, I, I agree that I think kindness is a little simplistic, um, in the, or at least the way we attach that to his legacy. Because mm. a lot of the think pieces I, or the even headlines I've been seeing are like, well, this movie, you know, made me rethink how we need to be kinder to each other and and this this and that and even when i was watching it i kept thinking like man am i in the right am i in the right career because all i do is like make snarky comments about (laughs) other people's art (laughs) it's true like i kept thinking like man i'm like a real bastard (laughs) (laughs) movie's making me feel bad but it really is about processing your emotions and feeling your emotions and like and it's okay to walk in your anger. And I that's what I took away from it. Yeah, this movie to me isn't like I I, I don't know. I, I kind of avoid stuff like that. But like to hear that people are just like, oh, you should be nice to people. It's like that's an exceedingly simplistic thing to get yeah. from this movie. Like this movie is all about like it is. It's about wrestling with the darkness and all the bad and like the hurt that you get. And yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, it's so hard to think of what a spoiler in this movie is, but I'm just going to throw it out there. This is a soft spoiler break. I'm going to talk about a moment of emotional <laughs> catharsis in the movie. Um, when they're sitting in that diner um, or the Chinese restaurant, Chinese restaurant, and he yeah. says, like, you know, you, you can be angry at your father, but like you're a man of principle and like you have to realize that everything your father did helped to make you that. And he does love you. And so, like, you should try to think of the way that people have loved you into being who you are. And, uh, you know, just think about that for a minute. And then the movie legitimately, like, just goes quiet and you stare at Mr. Rogers's face. Yeah. For, I guess, There's so much minute. eye contact in this movie, by it's the like way. It's a Jonathan yeah. Demi film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, a great, that's a great example. They're a great comparison. It's um, like, I feel like Mr. Rogers is tenderizing this guy. Like, he's taking his, his meat tenderizer and he's just... <laughs> hacking away at this guy's like feelings yeah until they're all nicely you know accepting no it's true it's he's basically just like just picking away at this guy to like get him to i don't know like like when a crab sheds its its exoskeleton and can grow it is soft for a time during the growth and that is what happens to lloyd vogel and becomes so delicious (laughs) (laughs) so there's there's a there's a moment in the in the article the 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 feature that reflects yes. that moment um in in the in the diner yeah. and um it's uh Mr. Rogers getting like a lifetime achievement Emmy and he says all of us have special ones who have loved us into being would you take along with me just 10 seconds to think about the people who have uh, helped you become who you are 10 seconds of silence that was the quote and then the article says and then he lifted his wrist and looked at the audience and looked at his watch and said softly, I'll watch the time. And there was at first a small whoop from the crowd, a giddy, strangled hiccup of laughter as people realized that he wasn't kidding. 
that Mr. <laughs> Rogers was not some convenient eunuch, but rather a man, an authority yeah. figure who actually expected them to do what he asked, and so they yeah. did. So here's my theory on Mr. Rogers, and and I don't mean to be so critical because I really do love him as a figure, and I re- I remember being probably 14 when he died, and that mm-hmm. was like still heartbreaking for me mm-hmm. um, my freshman year of high school but i think we love mr rogers as a society because we do not we do not have any other figures who are just nice and it makes me question the context of that like we tend to men on a pedestal when when they do kind of the opposite of what you think of as like toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. So if there was a, f- a feminine f- version of Mr. Rogers, like a, a female teacher character. <laughs> yeah. Well, people love dunking would, on mother would, Teresa. Would they have the same? <laughs> well, she's kind of a dick, but anyway, there's yeah. another story. <laughs> but if there was really like a feminine figure at the, at the head of children's entertainment, could there, mm. could they even have the same cult of personality because we expect women to be the educators and to be the nurturers and the caretakers, would we take Mr. Rogers' gospel the same if it, were, if it weren't a man and he weren't an anomaly of, of kindness and compassion and care? Well, I think, you know, okay, so we're talking about children's things that we watched on public television. Um, Lamb Chops Play Along, does anyone remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I do not. Oh, Michael. Uh. That's what I'm saying. The micro generations, they don't yeah. get it. It's like um, <laughs> I had a friend in college who I think we were seniors and he was dating a girl who who was a freshman and we were all talking about how awesome Fraggle Rock was. And she uh, said that she didn't know Fraggle Rock. And he's like, well, you're a completely different generation. And she was furious at him. Um, <laughs> but it's true because especially when you're that young, like I, I am. I I was old enough by the time Barney became a thing to goddamn hate Barney, and I was only like seven years old. And I was like, I, I, I love Barney. I love Barney. <laughs> right, exactly. See? I love Barney. Well, I don't know what to do about that because you're only one year old, younger than me. I used to get the ta- tapes. Like my grandmother sent away for the tapes for me before he was even on TV. This was when it was oh. like some Texas housewife. So, so what's interesting to me is I wonder how much Barney. the fact well, yeah. that I. And I actually like dinosaurs. I was like, this is not oh. what I want from my dinosaurs. <laughs> you oh, know? I thought you meant the Jim Henson dinosaur show, which I just rewatched and so- and everyone should watch it. Oh, yeah. Dinosaurs, the 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 Jim Henson show is also great uh, just because I don't know what it was about that. That was fine. But Barney was not. I think it was just that it reminded me of The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's very much a Simpsons-esque show. Yeah. Um, but so she, I mean, you know, Lamb Chops Play Along, Sherry Lewis from that. I have more distinct memories of Lamb Chops Play Along than I do Mr. Rogers. I think that it's just the fact that, like, mm-hmm. he was on for so long. And he, as they say in this movie, he does cover a lot of darkness. Sure. So does Sesame Street. Um, but Sesame Street's yeah. the, 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 the street. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from saying it. <laughs> It's the, it's the Are you saying there's class the, differences yeah. between <laughs> Sherry Lewis, Mr. Rogers, and Sesame Street? But Sesame Street is all about the no, place and all of the characters. <laughs> and I think that, like, 
you know, when it's an people, ensemble. Yeah, it's it's an ensemble, <laughs> but also it's got very iconic characters, and um, those characters are the ones that kind of stick with you. You know, you got your Elmos, you got your Big Birds, you got your Snuffleupagus guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but I do I I find that interesting. I wonder if there is a divide like that if it's just that like he found that niche and we didn't need anyone else for it if it would be impossible for a woman to have that because it is the expected role but i can't even think of like a woman who is in that role who like we just don't valorize as much i mean maybe they just don't exist because they can never reach the heights of popularity or or I don't know, like the zeitgeist or something <laughs> like, you know, before Sesame Street, there was a show called Ding Dong School. And it was kind of popular in the 50s. It was like really the first educational TV show. Um, and it was starring this like woman who was supposed to be that character. So I was thinking, like, are there any other icons of television that are like that? I mean, there's there have been, you know, regional shows here and they have women. Um, as the primary person, but even Mr. Rogers was very regional um, since it was Pittsburgh. It's it's considered a Pittsburgh um, institution, but mm-hmm. I can't really think of any. I mean, I, I guess Sherry Lewis is a good is a comparison, but then again, was that regional? I'm from New York, and like that was, I think, a New York show from what I remember. Um, but you know, even Michael didn't know what that was. Just making me feel bad over and over, huh, guys? It's not you, no. <laughs> it's your micro I'm just saying, like, but, but I think that shows, yeah, it shows. There, sure. I don't think there was a figure like Mr. Rogers. And, and it, I don't think there could have been a figure if it was, quote unquote, just a woman. Yeah. I'm just. I, I think. I think it's interesting too. just I'm I'm now just trying to think of women with this legacy in pop culture in, in general who, who people see as, you know, just this avatar of, you know, like um, of like goodness. And, and for some reason, Nora Ephron, it came to mind. Like oh, I was, yeah. I am yeah. like, but even then, like, it, it's weird that like I came up with that, but I can't think of like a lot Here's- of other people who fall into that. Into those analogies, which is I guess very Oprah. strange. Oprah's Oprah. a good one. Yeah, Oprah's yeah. a good one. Okay. Yeah, maybe not, that's a, not that's geared a huge towards children, spot. but definitely is like an empathy yeah. machine. Um, I I was about to say, like, I wonder how much of it is that, like, a a woman wouldn't want that to be her thing. Like, you know, Mister Rogers is all about, you know nurturing tenderness and caring and maybe like we hit the point where women don't want to be in that role anymore is that a crazy thing to say is that controversial have i been canceled? no i think <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not i don't well i don't think that's really i'm thinking like even just in historically like someone potentially could have come up or come or come up around the time as mr rogers sees when Maybe there were fewer roles that women could carry, and being an educator, nurturer, caretaker person was was more central. So oh, yeah. I, I think it is a good question. Like, would somebody want to come? I mean, if if there was a wannabe Mrs. Rogers these days or Ms. Rogers, she'd probably be on YouTube right now. Oh, that's one hundred percent true. In fact, okay, so yeah. the reason that I think my daughter might like Mr. Rogers is because she's in love with this thing, and this is a shout out to all my parents out there. This guy named Blippy. 
he's a he's a youtube (laughs) he's a youtube personality he wears a weird ass hat i do not like him but he has like a mr rogersy tone except mr rogers is like i am a man and i am speaking to you a child as a human being and blippy's like hey guys come on like let's go learn about dinosaurs and then you fucking learn about dinosaurs with blippy i hate it my daughter likes this it. This guy looks like a dweeb. <laughs> oh, yeah. You looked him up. He looks, yeah. Yeah. He's got like suspenders and shit. I hate him. But like, I think that he <laughs> is a stepping stone maybe to Mr. Rogers because his whole shtick is I'm here. I'm talking right to you and I'm going to show you some stuff. Um, And Mr. Rogers didn't do that. He was, I'm here. I'm talking right to you. I'm going to show you some stuff. But also, I am not a child and I am not dressing up funny. I am dressing extremely boring. I'm specifically becoming more boring as I get home. I'm taking off my cool sports coat and my loafers and I'm putting on some sneakers and a cardigan. Oh, God. Blippi is like... Wow. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Ew. I hate it. I hate successful people who are my age. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes he's just in like a collared shirt, like just like doing like convention stuff and it's just like he looks i am i do i have to apologize for introducing you guys to blippy yes really bad (laughs) but again like Uh, he dresses just like one of my closest friends though like the hat and the suspenders and the bow tie and the glasses and like the stubble Wow. Yeah, it's like it's like a Brooklyn hipster <laughs> got dipped in paint and was just like <laughs> the kind of the paint watercolors. Yeah, but um, are, are you best friends with Blippi, Robin? <laughs> no, but Blippi does. Is this look like, like a Clark Kent Superman situation? <laughs> I, no, my friend is not as charismatic. Okay, oh, interesting. Man. I feel like that's. <laughs> Remember what I was saying about like the mean things that critics say? Like it's not just about movies. <laughs> yeah, we we think about our friends and family the same way that we think about movies. <laughs> it's like mm, the people you're a little oh my poorly God. for me. <laughs> the people yeah, I in need my to say this. There's a fake blippy that is touring the country right now, and parents are mad. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> like it's supposed to be blippy live, but it's not the real blippy. Does he like spell it with a Y instead of an I? No, I was just going to ask that. Oh, he so because he couldn't get a time turner, he just hired some other guy to play him. Okay, this is crazy. Um, there's a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> Regrets the viral video. <laughs> it's uh, about a an NSFW viral video, but it says before he was Blippy, a Mister Rogers for the YouTube age. Oh so, my god! Oh, he was Steve mm. Grossman, and he pooped on his friend. I don't want to read this anyway. Um, <laughs> Oh, have you guys seen the Jim Carrey show that's sort of like Mr. Rogers-ish? I know of it. I have not seen it. It's called Kidding. It's it's really weird. Uh, I don't know. I, I I was just curious if you guys have seen it because it, it definitely plays on like, the Mr. Rogers ethos, but with like, you know, this clear sort of showtimey, we got to be as crass as possible thing. Um, but Jim Carrey is actually quite good as a as an empathetic child's icon i I mean which is probably not surprising but how close to his real persona does it feel (laughs) it feels pretty permeable (laughs) (laughs) is it as permeable as his robotnik persona that's the real question 
the thing with Jim Carrey is that he basically was a child's icon in the 90s. Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, that he was like it. Um, you know, yeah, you go when to did Ace, the Ventura Ace Ventura come out? Oh, I think God. 96 or 94. I think 94. I was too young to have watched that one. as much <laughs> oh, as I did. Well, I had permissive parents. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I think that it, it's it. First of all, the fact that, that movie's PG thirteen is crazy to me. Um, <laughs> There's like a full on humping sex scene in that movie. Like, pretty sure bare naked boobies. He gets like a a, a blowjob within the first five minutes, oh, and you know when he he reveals that uh, Finkel is Einhorn. You know, you see the bulge, yeah. like with an outline. I mean, there's there's so many reasons for that to not be baby's first cod piece. Yeah. Um. What What was I gonna say? Uh. I don't even remember. This is not a movie that I, as a seven year old, should have watched. Is this the one where he also comes out of a rhino's ass, or is that no? That's no. That's the second one. Okay. All right. Which is the only thing I remember about that movie. <laughs> but it was like that and the mask. Which was that the same year? Oh my god, the mask. The mask was indeed the same year. What the shit happened to Jim Carrey in 1994? Dumb and Dumber was the same year. (laughs) Dumb and Dumber was the same year. That's insane. My dad took me to see that and I told him it was bad. I was like, dad, this movie is not good. I remember. I remember. Okay. So I guess it was 1994. Everyone spoke to each other in quotes from the mask. Dumb and Dumber. And uh, the other one that we were talking about that I've already forgotten, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. <laughs> you know, like uh, as a little as a little kid, you'd run into a room and just scream, "Somebody stop me!" And everyone would be like, "Ah, yeah, yeah the <laughs> pretty mask. much." It was like Austin Powers, but pre Austin Powers. Yeah, and my like, I think my sister like uh, choreographed with our cousins like a, a dancing thing to that the Cuban Pete song that's in the mask. Oh, that sounds like so 1995 to me. Yeah. Oh boy! I'm sorry. Um, you don't even remember this, Michael. I, I know that you were just inside your mommy's tummy at the time, but <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, I I have seen these movies. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I saw Dumb and Dumber pretty young as well, and I I, I think I remember my I, the the first time I can remember where I was seeing something way too young was Forty Eight Hours. What? I was like. I was like seven or eight and uh, and uh, rented it. And uh, my parents like, oh, it's probably fine because they were like going out or something. And uh, then I started the movie and they were like, "Uh," (laughs) like it literally begins with a sex scene. And I don't know that like before South Park, that was probably the movie with the most fucks in a in a. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in, a, in an early movie you know besides like raw like so that, this is a film because I, fr- I thought you meant like 48 hours like the 2020 of cbs no. but no you're thinking no nick nolte and nolte nolte nicolas nolte nolte so this is, we are so far off topic. Uh, I but I, I feel but I like say my first one was Leon the Professional. I, I watched that I think when I was like six, and then that same year, pretty sure I saw what was the other one? Um, oh my god, you just reminded me of it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Leon the Professional was my first uh, R-rated movie. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. That yeah, was it. 
yeah. and I did not understand the suicide. I was like, I know something's bad happening, but what is it? So I have um I I know like I I um I watched a uh, Top Gun, which has a full on sex scene in it. Um, as like Top Gun is PG though. Yeah, but it's because it PG. It's, it's one of yeah. those. It's one of those. Um, uh. it's one of those like '80s sex scenes where it's like a blue filter and like the wind through the windows, and it's a lot of really slow, open mouthed kissing up close. Way less sexy than any of the scenes where they're just playing volleyball together is what yeah, you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's even just even just uh, Kelly McGillis in like a bomber jacket is sexier than watching her make out with Tom Cruise. Um, what was I going to say? So the the thing that I remember being like, so in 1999, a little movie called The Thomas Crown Affair comes out, and it's, it's got, a good movie. It's got James Bond in it. You know, it's got Rene Russo. They're hanging out. It's it's a caper flick, you know? And it's rated R, but my parents, I guess, are like, eh, it's probably fine. <laughs> this, this is the movie that I remember because it was the first time that we watched as a family yeah. a movie with a full-on sex scene in it. Yeah, there's a sex scene in that movie. I don't remember that at all. It's a long one. It like they start in like yeah. a lobby and then they're on the stairs and then they finally get to bed. But anyway, it's um But it's like old people. I yeah, mean, like, I, I'm not going to look up how 10. old Pierce Brosnan was. In, <laughs> 32. Yeah, it's like he was 28 years old. But um, I just remember that because that was the movie, the moment when I was like, okay, my parents are apparently fine with me seeing sex scenes now, and that means that what? How old were you when you saw Titanic? I don't, I don't know. That's a it great was question. Seven. But Titanic was PG thirteen. Like Titanic was again like sure. the Top Gun, the Top Gun intimation of sex, but like not two True. completely naked bodies. Oh, except for the titties. Yeah, yeah, which I'm still pissed about. <laughs> what? Why? Just, every because every time I watch a movie, and I'm like, why is this rated R? In Titanic, Kate Winslet got her tits out, and that was only PG thirteen. It's true. Like I think the Fountain is rated R. No, that's rated really? PG thirteen. No, okay, so I was the wrong. The best about that. rated R movie recent is that eighth grade is rated R. That's still so great. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh man! So anyway, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! The problem with talking about Mr. Rogers is you start talking about your childhood, and uh, yeah. it's, yep. it's difficult to and all the get out dirty, of dirty things that we watched. Well, so here's another thing. I was I, so this movie is rated PG, which is fine. It um, is, yeah, yes. But there, there's a punch. There is, there is indeed a punch, <laughs> and a bloody wedding dress, and drinking. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Enjoy their whiskey. In one scene. <laughs> in fact, okay, so the MPAA says rated PG for some strong thematic material, a brief fight, and some mild language. What, what is strong thematic material? Just the fact Somebody's that crying about their daddy. Right, like his he hates his dad because his dad walked out on his mom when she got cancer and she died screaming. No, I know, but strong thematic material is some dumb shit description it's definitely like yeah i would prefer it, it to be dumb thematic material is there thematic material yes is it strong material it is strong material but it's still very thematic it's not gratuitous it is on theme i almost however strong tangential material this episode one really weird tangent um 
This uh, podcast is rated explicit for multiple R-rated tangents. There was a part of me, though, that I almost wished that they had allowed this movie to be R or PG-13. Just to kind of give more of an idea of like, like everyone in this world loves Mr. Rogers, but they love him in a very safe way. And um, I love this moment in the in the actual essay where it says, then the car stopped on 34th Street in front of the escalators leading down to the station when the doors opened. Holy shit, it's Mr. Fucking Rogers. (laughs) He turned into Mr. (laughs) Fucking Rogers. This is not a bad thing, however, because he was in New York and in New York, it's not an insult to be called Mr. Fucking anything. (laughs) In fact, it's an honorific. And then they're talking about this weird clock. That's in Penn Station, apparently. And there's a guy who says, if Mr. Fucking Rogers could tell me how to read that fucking clock, I'll watch the show every day for a fucking year. <laughs> and I think that's, to me, the the more interesting aspect of, of this thing. In fact, here's another part. Um, a couple mooks talking about autographs they got. Uh, and they're from Long Island to talk about the strange word, Kariz, a foreign word. He has written down in each of their autographs he gave them. First mook, he says it's Greek, the Greek <laughs> word for grace. Second mook, huh, that's cool. I'm glad I know that. Now, what the fuck is grace? <laughs> First mook, looks like you're going to have to break well, down I'm and buy a Long dictionary. Island. <laughs> <laughs> Second mook, fuck that. What I'm buying is a fucking lotto ticket. I just met Mr. Rogers. And I love the idea that, like, he's this gentle, sweet guy who's somehow getting through to the type of people who look at Mr. Rogers and go, it's Mr. fucking Rogers. <laughs> My people, you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm from Queens. I know how it goes. Oh, God, oh. you New Yorkers. <laughs> I know, with our flat pizzas. With our pizzas with the right amount of cheese in them. <laughs> I do love me a little Malnati's. It has a sausage yes. disc. Yes, yes. It's All so right. good. It is. It really is. I would you love can't lift it right up with now. a hand, but meanwhile, Michael Snydell's over there. I need a pizza as thick as War and Peace. Hey, <laughs> that is the most Chicago accent you could be, Mister Rogers. <laughs> oh my god, that's not how we all sound, Brian. <laughs> I don't know. It's how you all sound to me? Chicago. The Bears like. going to go down to the, the park. Bears. Oh, God. Kind of go to the cloud gate. <laughs> do, what? do they call it bubbler in uh It's no, Boston? That's more of a Wisconsin thing. It's, it's a fucking drinking thing. They say fountain. that in Boston. It's weird. They say things weird here. I don't care for the accent. <laughs> do y'all call it pop? I don't care for it. What? Is, is anyone here from a place where we call soda pop? No, that's disgusting. Okay, good. I think I think Michael is I like pop. What's wrong with pop? It's called soda, you piece of it's shit. It's soda. soda. It's actually Diet Coke. Sody <laughs> pop? I will accept sody pop before I accept just pop. No. The Sody worst, pop. Though, okay, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> the worst, though, is I think in Texas they call everything Coke. Yeah. So I want a Coke. All right, what kind? Oh, I want a Pepsi Even though that's Coke. the Dr. Pepperland. Yeah, it's true. But it's oh, like Kleenex, you know? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Xerox, Google. Precisely. I'm still going to call it pop, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Well, what do you call your father? <laughs> pop. Oh, he's dead, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dr. he wouldn't Sibelius. be if you called him more. 
You know what? Maybe this is why this movie appealed to me, because I have to say, the daddy issues, it made sense to me. <laughs> I As had they a very... say in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, daddy issues, I got <laughs> there really is a line from that. It's like, like father issues. I got him. It's from an eleven-year-old. Mother of Thanks, God. Jack Thorne. Um, <sighs> I had a very good relationship with my father, who is still alive and who I'm very much looking forward to seeing on Thanksgiving. Thanks for making oh, me feel better. <laughs> Just gonna Braggart. rub it in every. <laughs> Rub it in everyone's face. Not only is my relationship with my father functional, but he's alive, so it gets to stay that way for a while. Uh, yeah, I, I th- there were definitely some Chris Cooper moments where I was like, "Yep, I'm. Uh, this is speaking to me." <laughs> he's, um, he's he's really good in this movie as like a shitty dad who's not yeah. like crazy awful shitty, like not cartoon. No. Like no. honey boy shitty. <laughs> like pathetic bully. But like he's so pathetic you can't hate him. Right. And he's a bully in the way that all men who wear both a gold rope chain and a gold cross <laughs> are bullies. You know? Where it's Excuse like- you. That's my dad. <laughs> no. Has anybody seen Uncut Gems? Because that guy is my dad. Wait, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems is your father? Oh, I had. I cried after this movie. Because this guy reminded me so much of my dad. <laughs> that is intense. It's pretty intense. I mean, he wasn't like he wasn't like as much of a creep as this guy. You know, my father was a very upstanding man, but like always the same kind of you know, like all all the hope. Oh, this thing's gonna work out. That thing's gonna work out. I can't even watch Danny DeVito movies because that man looks so much like my dad and sounds so so much like my dad. And my father's passed away that I can't I can't watch them. I love Danny DeVito, but it's like too triggering would he wear the furby um my father would have told somebody that he invented that okay <laughs> that's my dad to a t oh my god the jewelry oh yeah that's like a that that's like a jewish long islander thing <laughs> that's a that's a total thing that's like that was my favorite thing about chris Cooper's movies i i recognized so many people within him where it's just like mm-hmm. you were you were just like showing back up and pretending that everything's fine and your 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 response <laughs> to <laughs> your response to you left mom when she was dying is hey she wasn't no saint <laughs> It's like look I was not good at the wedding you played your own part in it we're not going to get into it but it wasn't all my fault but that's not why I'm here <laughs> Yeah he's good at this <laughs> I, he, I do if think he had, that if, if he had said the line, I'm just <laughs> busted your balls, I would have been like, hey, Uncle Vinny. Hey. <laughs> but seriously, the fact that he left the hospital is pretty shitty. Yeah. Like, yeah he was uh, having like a full blown panic attack. He just couldn't. And then he had, and then he had a, a, a weird dream sequence thing where apparently he. <laughs> that was in. so weird. That is, but, like, um, the movie knew it was weird. Like Mariel Heller yeah. was like, "We're gonna wink right back at you guys." Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. The bunny ears. The bunny. I mean, ears. they break the fourth wall from the first first mm-hmm. minutes. So, um, it's it's interesting because in Americans he wore a lot of wigs, but I don't think he ever wore bunny ears. No. So I'm glad that we finally ticked that box with this movie. <laughs> you know what? I know a lot of women who are seriously into him. You know, you at least know at least one man who's seriously in him now, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, jeez, I had to race her here. Matthew Reese friggin' rules. Like, 
I um I saw him in the first episode of The Americans and I was like, oh shit, this guy rules. Like I I love him and I will follow him to the ends <laughs> of the earth. This guy rules. <laughs> yeah, he um he he like tracks down a guy so he can assault him with a barbecue fork for for being creepy to his daughter and I'm like, yep, this is my spirit animal right here. <laughs> and he does it while wearing like the dirtiest long ponytail wig. It's just great. Um mm-hmm. Now, however, as I said, I feel like, you know, now that we're talking about, now that we're sort of finally tangentially back to It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I don't know about that, but okay. I did find the the kind of resolution of this movie to be sort of like, it didn't affect me as much as I felt like it was going to based on everything that I'd seen before. Like, Can you be a little more specific? I will attempt to be. Um, so. The 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 buildup is great. Like the way that like there's a ringing on the soundtrack whenever something like sure. really hits him. You know, I I have had that kind of like blood singing in my ears, anger before. And yeah. So I really felt that, and I was waiting. Like, and when he explodes at him right before he goes to the hospital, I was like, "This is it. This is perfect. I love this." But then I think that like the dream sequence. And the conversation and then just the way that he comes home. Like, I think the scene with his wife in the park is beautiful, especially the way that it comments upon without underlining or like making a big deal about the fact that they're an interracial couple. Like she talks about how she can't get a cab mm-hmm. because yeah, he wasn't right. there with her. And I love that. It's also that's, midnight, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know. Um, yeah, but I think that was the implication. Yes, yes. And I like that the movie clearly is not pretending that we're living in a beautiful post-racial America, but is also not going to make that the whole thing that it's about. And it just is clearly something that they have dealt with before where it's like a reality in their relationship. So in terms of writing and directing and acting that scene, I think that is real good. But then for some reason, just I just didn't like, I didn't feel any release in the way that he goes and like then finds his father and they kind of like talk together and, and sort of reconcile. Like I think I just needed more anything also the fact that they they frame his article as being like a big expiation of his pain and his his grief when the article itself which i had read beforehand and knew is not that so i was a little like well that's like you're 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 sort of like giving a a whole like homework assignment to people to more fully understand how this guy feels but (laughs) anyone who goes and reads this goddamn thing is going to be like wait a second where's the part where his mom dies and, um, I think, yeah, I don't know. But I, I did find the final moment to be really nice. Like when, when Mr. Rogers is playing the piano and then hits the, the bottom keys on the keyboard. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. great. Because it's like, yeah, this is a man and he has appeared to be a, a beautified saint this entire time. But in fact, mm-hmm. you know, he is a man with, with anger and, and some issues, you know, that he has his ways of working through. Yeah, I thought that was great. I think the script was great. Loved it. And apparently, does it? has anybody ever seen One Mississippi? It's a Tig Mataro show. Yeah, oh, I've no. seen a bit of that. So you remember her brother? He, the brother who, uh, he was like a teacher or something. He was like a little bit chubby guy. He wrote yes. the movie. He's like one of the writers. Oh, interesting. Was he yeah. also a writer on One Mississippi then as well? I think he wrote on Transparent too. Okay. Yeah, he wrote um, on something called Felt Transparent, The Legend of Master Legend. Yeah, the Legend of Master Legend. That's a it's a good one. Oh no, he was a producer <laughs> on Felt. He is not a writer. I would I would peg this as one of the possible Oscar uh, screenplay 
for the adapted screenplay. Yeah. Oh, he also wrote Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Oh, I haven't seen that one. This is I forgot that existed. Micah (laughs) Fitzman Blue. And then you know what, Brian, I'm kind of with you that I think that that ending, I I think it verges on neatness, but like, like uh, as I kind of alluded to before, over and over, I think Heller knows not to like dive right into it like Mm -hmm. the the way for instance that they do find of kind of have their somewhat reconciliation and it's still kind of like it's still awkward um like i i I like how you know at first he's kind of hesitant and you know like he's just their conversation is still it's you know it's in part I never did this for you, but also I'm kind of a shithead. Like, (laughs) I I think it has a nice balance of that stuff. And like, I I think I want to, I mean, just to segue that into like earlier scenes, I think again, like uh, as we've kind of been getting into, there's always just a little sense of, of offness in, in, in all of these like scenes that could have been, so so emotionally clumsy like Mm. you know and 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 i think that's in part like i i mean i i love the scene where i i love for instance how much behind the scenes mechanics we just get of um of uh mr rogers show like i love that it's so interesting to me like for as much as it's a film that does break the fourth wall and, you know, we have miniatures to represent New York and everything like that. And, you know, interspersing that pretty cleanly, like it is also very clearly like Lloyd is watching a show being made and he's watching, especially like that slow zoom in on, uh, on, on Hanks, for instance, when he's Daniel, like, and there's just like a, a wonderful sense of like of remove in these scenes that I, again, like even as I think it verges towards neatness, I think it ultimately earns it in a way that so many things don't. Like again, I I really think in almost anybody else's hands, this movie would not work. <laughs> oh yeah, this would be a much worse movie in in a lot of directors hands yes but i also yeah. i i think tied in with my feelings about uh, about uh, about like the way it ends is it ends a little sure. it just is a little too a little too mushy like it's a little it, and i don't mean like ew like gross emotions <laughs> <laughs> i just mean it it's like the rest of it is so sharp and so like laser focused that like to to kind of open it up and and make it like this kind of slow evolution thing, but to still make it happen over such a short amount of time, it just almost makes it feel a little disingenuous. And like, I still like, I don't hmm. think you could trust Chris Cooper still. Like, sure, we hear that he's a better guy, but apparently he didn't even talk about his children. Oh, he's first. gonna die. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's <clears throat> fair because I, 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 and I guess that's a credit to the rest of the movie, as you're saying. Like, so many of those other things, like it does feel very honest. Like even, even scenes where like, 
I, I particularly like the the first conversation that uh, Mr. Rogers and, and Lloyd have in person, and like he almost starts to uh, oh when um he starts asking him about the fight, and like Lloyd starts to lower his guard, but yeah. you see how quickly he pulls it up and is like, uh, I'm I'm doing the interview here, <laughs> like I'm doing a job, like, and and I think that stuff is is again like does feel like it has the like deserved attenuation and I, but i I, yeah. I think that that's true i do think however that and this is i don't know this is a little weird but like i i think that there's a part of me that feels like if you're gonna have it be the way that it ends which is not like a giant cathartic moment but like a general shift in this man's personality that you sure. should maybe lean a little more into the Christian values of Fred Rogers. That I th- I think that the movie as it plays now just comes off as like, this is a really nice guy who wants other people to be nice and kind. But like, it doesn't put that in a kind of like overarching ethos. It just seems like he's a really nice guy. I I. I think the Christianity was pretty centered. I, just, I don't, I don't think know. they went out of their way to avoid it. And I almost thought they put it in more than they would typically for a movie. I definitely movie think that they that did is, do that. Yeah. But I think yeah. that that's more of a statement of how much it's usually like You're avoided starved, in movies. <laughs> I think right. there's a part of me that wonders, like, as a, as a Christian, uh, you know, a Catholic who, like, I'm usually, I'm fine with fucking whatever. I don't care. Like, but there is a part of me sometimes that I feel like just kind of like really wants some god in my fucking movies every now and then <laughs> you know even if it's even if it's martin scorsese being like hey check oh, out that these... guy freaking loves god right even if it's <laughs> even if it's something like that where it's like maybe your christianity has like subtly destroyed your soul because you can never be as good as jesus you know like maybe well, even he if didn't give a sexy jesus <laughs> yes yes he did um <laughs> But I think that there's a part of me that's like, if you were willing to have that be in here, like maybe just like a touch more, like maybe just a little bit more. And I wonder how much of it, me being like, there's not quite enough, but you all being like, no, there's definitely a shit ton. It's just the fact that like, I didn't I, think there was a shit ton. I just, I thought it was more centered than the average film. Well, yeah, it's, but the average film totally is good. like, the average film is like, we don't want to talk it's about it godless sinners <laughs> it's not even godless sinners it's like what it, like it's it's the it's the marvel thing it's it's like the uh yeah uh you know it's a, a church of the world it's just a general sense of being good guys you know did, did you know that one character is gay brian so that means that it's progressive <laughs> right it's i think that there is a general lack of specificity to many characters in the in in hollywood movies as a means of trying not to alienate anyone and so yeah. to see this movie and have it be like, did you know that Fred Rogers like prays for people by name? And like, you know, we see that once in the movie and people talk about it like twice. You get that great swimming scene. Yes. Mm. I love that. That swimming scene because, you know, he's that's the scene where Lloyd is driving to his dad's house where you, yes. you hear Mr. And I, I loved that. I was like, oh, they are actually going to like not just have his wife say like, well, he's a praying man. And then hope that like no Christians will get angry because it's like, right, didn't you hear the right. part where his wife said he prays? <laughs> sure. We didn't show it or ever talk about it again, but it's definitely in there. I think for biographical reasons, they could have given us more of his, um, 
his history as a as a religious figure, like yeah. as as a profession, and it almost um, and how that inspired have... him, like. It's to the point that you're making, it almost makes sense that, that would be the type of thing that a guy who is as shitty as Lloyd would bring up. Yeah. Well, is, is it that shitty? Well, just like no. he, he's a guy who's constantly, you know, no one wants like to talk a gotcha to him. Thing. Yeah, because he's like, he even, there's a great moment in, in the movie when he's like, um, so yeah, all these people come to you with problems. Like, isn't that, isn't that kind of a burden? <laughs> Uh, you know, would you would you call it a burden? And then, like, Mr. Rogers still doesn't say the word. And he's like, let's just call it a burden. And he starts writing. <laughs> and he's also like, thank you for, like, having the compassion, too. Uh, like, when he's, like, shitting on his parenting. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, thank you for having the compassion to, like, make me think about that. And he's like, god damn it, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think the film is very, as much as it's about Lloyd breaking the Mr. Rogers, it's a hundred percent about Mr. Rogers breaking Lloyd. Yeah, I mean he is he is steel. Yep, like the like the article said, you know, he is a man who made all these people on TV like take ten seconds to start crying. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm saying. He's controlled. Yeah, because he, he, he like there is a scene with the puppet when he's doing the the Daniel mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Tiger thing to to him, and he's just like, "Tell me about your daddy." It's like. <laughs> He's like, fuck you are off. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Now me, I would I'm porous, so I would melt. I'd be like, let me tell you. <laughs> Here's my life. <laughs> I um I remember getting drunk once. Uh <laughs> oh, mazel tov. with with a bunch of friends and, and they were talking about their terrible fathers. And like mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone turns to me and it's like, What about you, Brian? Like, what's your issues with your dad? And I was like, My dad is is a great man who's always been there for me and i think that he has set an unrealistic expectation for how what kind of a father i'm gonna be able to be oh god like i'll never be able to be the man that my father was and everyone was like that's somehow worse than my dad walking out on my mom and my sister (laughs) like like, i think that the void of my like my the void of my absentee father like i'm gonna feel great about myself just for showing up Mm. you're screwed and i was like yes (laughs) i am Wow, yeah. I wish I wish my friends would open up to me about their bad daddies. Do you get them drunk? <laughs> like I'm like I'm the Mister Rogers of my friend group. Like I'm always just trying to like break them down. <laughs> they are hard nuts to crack. Yeah, and I get so far, but like oh my god, that would be my. T- I would get drunk on them if they <laughs> if they just started opening up about their their lives and their. Uh, their heartbreaks. I'd be like, I won. I finally won. <laughs> I think my friends sometimes see me as a Rester Rogers ter- to character because, mm. like, they will just come to me with their problems, right? And I'm just, I'm the kind of guy who's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to watch Community. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Just like, can we? Sorry? Can we do literally anything else right now? No, I, I, I love it. Ah, delicious. It's like getting I- the. The full claw out of the just want to crab. Crack their brains open and eat their delicious, <laughs> yes. sadness-soaked brains. Yes. No, I was at work once. I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> I was. Everybody a- just thinks I'm a journalist. So <laughs> my girlfriend all the time is like, "You're sounding like a journalist." I'm like, "I'm just curious about people," and she's like, "Chill on the questions," because <laughs> I work. Yeah, I do that. I work in a social. 
a um my other work is like I'm sort of in like a social work field. So mm-hmm. my my day all day is like tell me how your disability interacts with your everyday life. Like we're talking <laughs> about like some deep shit. Like I've definitely feel like I'm in the right career for myself in that way. <laughs> Someone will come up to me and, and like like say like at work and they'll say like did you hear what happened to Julie like she did this and I'm like oh my god why and they're like I don't know I was like wait when did this happen and they're like I don't know and then I'll ask them like four <laughs> follow up questions and they're like Brian your J school is showing and I'm like, your lack of innate curiosity is showing Karen <laughs> the interrogative personality yep yes I've yep. gotten accused of that and have accused of of that I also apparently if I if I look at a woman in my office too wrong or too long, <laughs> they they have to stop me and be like, "Okay, what do you think?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" They're like, "We all know that you like look at our outfits and like judge us for them. So what do you think?" And I'm like, "I don't do that." And they're like, "No, no, seriously, how is this outfit?" And I was like, "Okay, it's great. Like I love the shoes and how they like work." And I, I it's really weird that like I somehow became this guy who's like in the office and everyone's like. If you're ever wondering how you're looking, Brian will like actually take a long look and let you know up front. That almost seems like an HR violation. <laughs> it would be. It started just because like a, a person would walk in and I'd be like, oh, hey, that's like a really nice like, you know, new new dress. I like the cut of it. And they're like, oh, that's like a nice specific compliment. And I'm so glad you said that. And then people wow. would come and be like, Brian, these shoes. And I'd be like, there's too many fucking buckles. What is happening? <laughs> And then it just became a thing. And I don't understand it, but people are constantly like, okay, I'm like afraid for you to look at me because I am not feeling confident about this outfit today. Wow. It's really strange. Yeah. And Do I, you only I, judge women's clothes? Most of the guys in my office just wear a polo, you know, and like mm-hmm. slacks. So there's not a lot to go on. But there was a time when a guy got a new coat and holy shit. I like, <laughs> I guess my jaw dropped when I saw it. Oh, God. Because everyone was like, oh, like what? Like that's a good coat, right? And I was like, that coat is fucking awesome. I could never pull that coat off. Wow. Fast enough. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't understand what's happening. Um, Brian, if I ever meet you in person, you better say something like extensive about whatever I'm wearing. Well, the funny it thing is. It looks like complete shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take that off right now. <laughs> I don't know, Michael. You know, a, a a a Black Wings jersey with Chicago Bear printed pajama pants. Is just... <laughs> oh, you really uh, got me dead to rights. Are the Black Wings the Chicago team? What even is that? It, I think hockey? I just made up a thing. The Black Wings. Do you really think I give a flying fuck about? I, I live. Oh, it's the Black Hawks. From- from the Cubs, and I give no shits about them. <laughs> it's the Chicago Blackhawks. I was mixing up the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. I apologize. Black Wings. There's the Blackhawks, the Fire, the Bulls, the What the shit are the Cubs. Fire? You know, soccer. Oh, please. <laughs> you canceled. <laughs> There's also we... the Blue Man Group. Does that count as a that sports Chicago team? thing? Yeah, I, sport. You, Second no, City is more sport than I was about to say. Aren't you, Michael? Have you watched the new season of BoJack Horseman yet? No. There's a character. Have I told you about this? There's a character who's thinking of going to Chicago, and it's like, why do you love like gun violence and uh, improv actors who aren't good enough to be in LA? <laughs> 
Oh, but oh, for real because it's, it's true <laughs> i was just in chicago my friends live right in hyde park oh wow and i met their new baby made a lot of pizza and then i really wanted to get chicken but they told me i was not allowed to get the chicken is there some place that had like famous chicken sauce in famous hyde park? chicken sauce i don't know okay I, this was this was a Okay, has anybody seen um, Southside? It's like the Comedy Central show about Southside Chicago. No. No, I've, I've heard seen it's good. some shameless. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. It's like a joke machine. I mean, it's like more jokes per second than like 30 Rock. But there was a whole oh. episode about chicken sauce. So I was like, I really want to get this chicken. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Whatever. I, I am deeply confused, yes. <laughs> That's fine. You're welcome. <laughs> Is, I know I'm curious. I, I, is Blue Man Group like a thing people know about outside of Chicago? <laughs> yeah, Blue Man Group is well known. Still on Blue Man Group. I thought on, so. Against our will. It is yeah. known against it's our like will. Blue no, Man it's, Group it's terrible, and Stomp. But yeah. Oh, Stomp. Oh, man. Stomp. Was that in Chicago? Did that start in no, Chicago? No, I think that's a New York thing. That's a New York thing. How dare you? Wait a second. Blue Man Group... <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to take Blue Man Group, Michael. Blue Man Group grew out of a <laughs> yeah, collaboration like, between three close friends global. on Manhattan's Lower East Side in 1987. Oh, snap. Oh, the year no. you were born. <laughs> its first public appearance was a celebration of the end of the 18, or the 1980s. The three men wore blue masks and led a street procession that included the burning of a Rambo doll and a piece of the Berlin Wall. Wait, what, what the... <laughs> MTV's Kurt Loder, who covered the event, drew attention to the strange blue men, and what began as a creative disturbances on the streets of the city became a series of small shows at downtown clubs and eventually a full performance at the Astor Place Theater in 1991. So it was like this sort of anti-capitalist performance art that became extremely capitalist family entertainment. throwing marshmallows at people. That yeah. You forgot about toilet paper. There's a lot of toilet paper. Did you know that You're the, telling me more than I want to know about this? <laughs> did you know that in July of 2017 Blue Man Group was bought by Cirque du Soleil? <laughs> no. And he probably thinks they're from Chicago too. They're yeah, not. the French section of Chicago. <laughs> you know French Chicago, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Isn't Chicago a French word? No. <sighs> Pretty sure it's another one of those words we stole from the I just Americans. never talked Yeah, I think it means onion. I've never talked about Blue Man Group, I guess, with someone. I, I've never talked about Blue Man Group with anybody. <laughs> so this I'm looking at the entomology of Chicago. I think it means onion. That's what I swear. Really? Yes, it does. It means wild relative of the onion. It's a Miami, Illinois word. The indigenous Miami, Illinois. Interesting. But I think Chicago was founded by French traders. That sounds right. Yeah, it's where I, the, like beaver pelts used right. to hang out. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> beaver is the softest animal i just want to go out there and say that i love beaver all right i mean i'm not gonna fight you on that i can't think of Great a softer pelts. animal swans maybe maybe my dog she's pretty soft dog i was gonna say dog beat dog fur is not as soft <laughs> as like chinchilla oh chinchilla is super soft yeah i almost bought a chinchilla know? once because i was just like this thing oh. is adorable and it takes baths in dust yes it's so it's my my boss just bought one actually and she showed me the video of the dust it was very weird i just remember as baby yoda out of nowhere that i used to call my first girlfriend in high school chinchilla Mm, because she was like four foot eight and had the most hair that any woman has ever had (laughs) just like this maybe because she was dusty (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, she also likes to just roll around in dust, but that was unrelated. I, I have questions, but I'm if her them. if her curly blonde hair was stretched out so it was actually end to end, it probably would have been like seven feet long. It was crazy. What? I don't how know how far long did it go down. It went down all, like to her lower back, but it was also like again, it was just insanely curly. Like she had to get like industrial tubs of shampoo at Costco. It's just like a lot of surface area is what we're yeah. hearing. Yep, mm. and volume. Mm. You get lost in there. I, she probably still has pins from pins from prom that are still in there because she just never found them. Has pins from prom. Yes, pins. You know, for uh-huh. hair, hair pins. Yeah, yes. I have heard of them. <laughs> they're I not did just, once go to prom. They're not, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, any other final thoughts on <laughs> what is what have we done? What have we done today? <laughs> you're a delightful guest but this is literally the most we have ever been on topic is it my fault i mean you're talking about ace ventura i don't know that was i i maintain that there is we never got more than six degrees away from the movie yeah it's still it's all about childhood it's all about like man menness yeah masculinity yeah that (laughs) <laughs> that thing aka madness <laughs> i don't know the movie was good. three stars in, in, in total joy wait three out of how many stars i'm a four star person. oh you're so a four, four star. has to be like excellent gotcha michael slidell i assume this is two and a half stars with a heart and it'll be on your top ten <laughs> Out of what? Five. Oh, damn. It's three and a half out of five. With With a heart? Wow. Is it going to be on your top ten? No, it's in my top 15. Oh. Yeah, I would say that. I would say absolutely that. I would have to look. I don't think it would be in my top 15. It's it's a very good movie, though. Like, I don't, as much as I may have, like, tossed a little bit of shade on the love parade that we've been throwing, like, it's still a, an insanely good movie and and again it, we cannot say enough i watched can you ever forgive me i don't know maybe four months ago for the first time and i was furious that more people hadn't made me watch it before end of the year last I year i told you to watch it last year i don't listen to you i was still <laughs> mad at you back then about widows <laughs> she does make these movies with long titles doesn't she yeah yeah, but Diary of an American Girl. Uh, Di- Diary of a Mad Housewife? <laughs> like, what? Diary the- of a, te- a Mad... No, Diary of a Teenage Girl? It's just Diary of a Teenage Girl, not a, not okay. an American. Not the title. Well, I'm thinking of, like, Mad, My Mad Fat Diary or Diary of a Mad Housewife. Or- yeah. Uh, what was the Diary of the American... Or the Myth of the American Sleepover? <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's, it's a movie, right? It's a movie. Oh, yeah the one from the it follows guy yeah. oh. there's what else is there there's the secret life of the american teenager i think is an abc family slash oh, yeah. fusion show these What's are all the Tyler Perry one i'm thinking of diary, of a, mad black diary of a mad black woman but there's another one medea's family reunion no it's no confessions of america there's counselor. another one that's like some no it's like the gina the Gina, what's her face movie where she's like a mad housewife, something of a mad housewife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think he's definitely the diary of a mad, mad housewife. housewife, but that's Frank Perry, not Tyler Perry. 
R- really? Okay. It's from the 70s. <laughs> okay. Is that with Gina? What's her name? Roland? Rollins? Yes, thank you. So do I just have to look up Tyler Perry and try to see if I can figure out what movie you all are talking about? I, I mean, why not? It's not like we are Cause recording <laughs> for the amount of time that I just looked we were recording for. <laughs> so there's... <laughs> I'm we, just we a mirror. To... Don't yell at me. <laughs> do we need to do... Did the dog? Does the dog die in this? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay, wait. Uh-oh. So... There's Hell Hath No Fear Like Woman Scorn, but that's apparently a video. Okay. Medea's Neighbors what from Hell. What kind of video? <laughs> I don't know. It just Then there's Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. What, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, why did I get married? Why did I get married to? <laughs> I can do bad all by myself. Is that the one we were thinking of? I, no. No. But I need to know why there needed to be a second why did I get married. At that point, divorce should be probably on the table. <laughs> but it's why did I get married, too. So maybe it's like two. a different couple. Okay. Still, Four know. couples find themselves struggling to save their marriages once again on their annual marriage retreat, while each of them battle through financial, physical, mental, and emotional issues. Sounds like a lot of issues. Maybe if they didn't go on a yearly retreat for their marriages, they wouldn't be under so much strain physically, mentally, financially, and emotionally. Oh, I'm thinking of a woman under the influence, which is different from Diary of a Mad Housewife. But also as Gina Rowland. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back. How, how many degrees to get back to? What's a woman on the verge uh, of a nervous breakdown? Oh, yeah. One. Why are there so many movies of women going nuts? And there's nothing that people love watching more than a woman who's going crazy. Oh, they love that. Yeah. Um. So I watched uh, with my daughter the uh, animated Peter Pan today. And um, the Disney. Yeah. And there's so not a... women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. No. I don't know. Wendy's gets close. <laughs> Dealing with all those boys, all that the, boy energy. The only Almodovar she's watched is uh, All About My Mother. Um, <laughs> what? So not the skin I live in? No. No, she's got to wait till she's five for that one. Um, okay. But there's a point where... Like, so Tinkerbell has left in a huff because, like you said, Wendy's there and everyone's like, oh, my God, Wendy. And Shmi is like, Captain Hook, like when uh, Tinkerbell's gone, like maybe Shmi? we can. Yeah. Is he like the Yiddish Shmi? <laughs> Shmi. Shmi is like, hey, Shmi. you know, Tinkerbell's been cast out because she's pissed off at this Wendy broad. And Captain Hook's like, we can. <laughs> Look, clearly I'm, I'm putting a spin on it. This Wendy chick. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so this this Wendy girl's here and Tinkerbell got cast out. And so Captain Hook's like, ah, we can like use that to our advantage. And Smee is like, um, I don't know, Captain. You are like, Queens. You are from Queens. <laughs> I don't know, Captain. Like, are you sure? And Captain Hook says something along the lines of a jealous woman can be tricked into doing anything. Whoa. And I was just like, forget the, the like Native Americans, forget like almost everything else in this movie. That might be the most <laughs> offensive thing. <laughs> and then you just... watch Dumbo. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. That's not great. I'm I love still, you, Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm still afraid to watch uh the, the what's it called? Lady in the Tramp, because of those cats. I think those I, cats are probably talking. gonna be worse than the the crows, in all honesty. <laughs> 
No, are you talking I, about the new one from Bajalski? Oh no, the the old one. Okay, the uh, one where okay. the cats are legitimate, vicious Asian stereotypes. Yes, that that song is not also not good. So it's like double it's catchy as shit though. <laughs> it's not a good song though. It is, again, it's it's pretty much like aren't we such tricky Siamese wink wink cats? And it's like, oh guys, come on. <laughs> Couldn't they have been tabbies uh. or something? Jesus. Anyway, uh, I think we might be done. <laughs> Any final thoughts <laughs> on a beautiful day in the neighborhood before we wrap up? I really like this movie. I yeah, it's fun. I hope people give it a shot because it's a lot better than this type of movie should be. Like a lot better. One hundred percent. I am. Um, I'm. I'm a. I'm a big fan of Muriel Heller. I'm now looking forward to just about everything that she does. Yeah. yeah, she's great. Um, and like and Hanks is is very good in this role even even though I had some criticisms of his <laughs> voice work. And, uh, and it, me with it, his weight. How was his voice as Daniel? <laughs> he actually I thought was a adequate. really good Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was pretty <clears throat> decent as Daniel. He had he got into that register required, but he just didn't have the, the Pittsburghian accent which is so strong in like the real Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie is like a three, but Mr. <laughs> Rogers is like a two. two. <laughs> no, he's like a three. I still think it's a good performance. Right. I think he's right. good I, at embodying the concept of Mr. Rogers because as sure. far exactly. as like gentle, unsullied patriarchal figures go, patriarchal, <laughs> like patriarchal, not in a bad way, but you know, like just an actual patriarch, you know, Tom Hanks is our Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Yeah. What's going to have to come up for us to cancel Mr. Rogers? <laughs> if something oh, was going to come out, he would have come out, right? <laughs> you think that there's still something hidden about Mr. Rogers? I personally don't. I just, okay, this, I just have to say this, and maybe we'll cut this out, <laughs> but like, he's got two kids, so that means that at some point, Mr. Rogers had sex, and I just cannot wrap my brain around that. <laughs> Like, even looking at pictures of him as a younger man, I'm like, that gangly ass son of a bitch with his cardigans. Just, I don't uh, want to. I don't know. Oh, he's my type. That's true. That's very true. A tall drink of waters. <laughs> a tall, narrow drink of water. Oh, yeah. It's what I like. Con- concave stomachs. <laughs> Again, the, we were the, going back to Joker. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker, Christian Bale and the Machinist. That's basically your pornography. I love Christian Bale, but not the Machinist in the Fighter, uh, the Big Short. That is oh, like, um, yeah. What was I going to say? I think, like, yeah, I think, I think this movie is is top to bottom very good. I don't. I think aside from like original screenplay or like adapted screenplay, I don't know that I this would be at like the top of any of my awards considerations. It's pretty high for direction for me. <laughs> really? Yeah. I guess. Eh, yeah, I guess that's so. I think. I think I could see that. I, this would be, I would say, a safe directorial choice. I think that. Um, wow. It's. It's not like overly. Wow. <laughs> Am I digging myself a hole? I think that You're I would have preferred it. if, she, like, let's let's say she wins for direction for this. I won't be mad. I will be one of those people who's like they're making up for last year. I who think, won last? I, I think sure. I'm just saying, like she should have been. Was she nominated for? Can you ever forgive me? Oh no, she was not. Definitely yeah. not. I mean, wait, did 
Did Green Book win for direction? What won for direction? No, last I don't year? think Roma. he was even nominated. It was Roma, wasn't it? Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Quaron, yeah, yeah, Quaron, yeah. Um, I don't see. I forget. It's like amnesia once the awards are over. Oh, people yeah. are people are saying Sam Mendes might have it this year with 1917. I'm seeing it tomorrow, and I oh, can't I wait. I fucking hate you. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> I'm really pissed. Um, I actually, don't know. I'm a big fan of World War One. So I'm a big fan. Of, I have constantly said that I am furious that there's not more better World War One movies. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Like I was upset about War Horse because I was like, "Come on, guys, this is the best we can do." There is apparently a screening on Tuesday, November 26th of 1917 for me. Maybe I should just go see that. Maybe I should do that. I- I am upset that I might have to see this movie because that movie looks so incredibly boring to me. <laughs> How can you look at a movie Your about like, World War One and be like, "Oh, boring"? No, World War Two is boring. World War One, there's so few artistic representations of that, yeah. and it, it's such an interesting boring? war. Paths of Glory. Uh, that's a good movie. You know about World You know, war. yeah. I think you're wrong, Michael. I um I know that that's a, a controversial opinion and nothing that I've ever told you before. No, but I think you're wrong. No, never. What's your favorite war then? If you don't like, I don't. That's, know. A, that's a bad question. To oh, ask. I've had this question. And this? I've had this question. What's um? I, I, I don't have a favorite fucking war. So there's a there's an episode of a a wonderful show that not enough people watch called Superstore. Yes. Oh, well, I love that wonderful. show. Yeah, and um, I think it's a. Uh, the the oh the assistant manager, Dina. Dina. Dina says all the best wars are people fighting people, and he's like, all the wars are people fighting people. She's like, yeah, all the best wars. And he's like, what do you think are the best wars? And she like says like Rattles the war of eighteen twelve, World War One, World War Two. <laughs> uh, great show. Um, yeah. Is that on hiatus right now? Is that Dina is like D- Dina gives me the sense of like now I know what the trunch bowl was like when she was young. <laughs> Did we get that sense? <coughs> that is hilarious. I think it's not on hiatus. I think it's back on. No, but it. You know what? I'm not going to get into this. Network <laughs> television. I think one of the reasons I stopped watching network TV is that it's so difficult to know when something's going to be I on. I totally agree with like, you. Bob's Burgers would like disappear for three months, come back oh, for like two. Bob's Burger- Two consecutive is like the nights. number one. Oh, it's like 18 episodes or 22. Like, which one are you? And then, like, <laughs> it, it'll like disappear for three months, come back like six episodes on two consecutive yep. nights, and then it's gone for a year and a half. And it's yep. like, are yep. we trying to get this show canceled? <laughs> like, are you just doing a burn off? But like, yeah. I, 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 I kind of like the new ABC show Stumptown. And for fucking some reason, like last week or the week before, they just didn't have an episode. And I was like, did it get canceled already? Oh, no, it was just on a week-long hiatus. No, it's you getting watch good Evil. buzz. Evil is very That's good. on my but... list. Oh, God, it's so dumb, but also weirdly <laughs> smart, but also super dumb and super entertaining. Stumptown, it's like that woman. <laughs> Stumptown has uh, Kobe Smolders and Jake Johnson. So I know. I gave it a shot and didn't make it through the pilot. <laughs> oh, you didn't? <laughs> That's sad. Yeah, the the way the dialogue was written just drove me crazy. It's got like this like arch quality that, but it also just wasn't funny. Like, oh man, that that reminds me also. Tried why women kill. Oh my! Oh, I never watched that. Don't even say that word. Oh, so God. bad. Which which one of Poor them? Jennifer he said Goodwin. like six words. 
I, I can't for Goodwin. Oh yes, I know. Like, oh, Jennifer Goodwin is so cute. You know that show. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, what was I? What, we we should be trying to end this. Uh, yes, does anyone have should. any thoughts on Watchmen before we go? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you both of you! What's wrong with you? It's so good. In I'm fact, not into, I like superhero. Even though I'm really enjoying Harley Quinn, that new animated show is like really good. But oh, I, I oh, did hear there, that's good. There's a new animated Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Is it in like DC the Universe, and nobody's going to watch it. What? Is it the original voice actress? No, no, it's Kaylee Cuoco. That's an interesting name. Can the, you the say that? Pop singer? Wait, no, I thought she was uh, on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's like the Big Bang. Oh, chick. Kaylee Cuoco. I, Kaylee Kyoko. It's Kaylee Cuoco, <laughs> isn't it? Is it? It's Cuoco. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. So, okay, so we've got Kyoko Cuoco. Go, Cuoco, and something else. I'm looking it up. I'm going to see if I can look at her name and figure out how to say it. Wait, what channel is it on? It's on DC Universe. Oh, if they think it's a streaming. Yeah. Oh. Coco? No, Cu- I think it's like Coco. Coco the Gorilla? I think no. it's Cuoco, but like you say it fast, you know? Cuoco? Like, it's Kaylee Cuoco. I think it's said Cuoco. Or Cuoco. I don't know. <laughs> We still don't know Whatever, how to say Tom Junod's name either. Junod, Junod, Unod. Isn't there a canceled mm. author who has a name that's similar to Unod? Yeah, I have no idea. You know, you know Diaz. <laughs> y- yes, he got canceled. Yeah, isn't he like oh. you know Diaz? Isn't he like I a sexual predator of younger women? I Yikes. see him all the time. I see, he passes me like. At least once a semester on the street, and he knows I know who I am. He's just like, he has like a bitch face. Like the, the wondrous life of Oscar Wilde with him, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember liking that. I didn't know he's a predator. That's not, isn't he? He's like a sexual harasser. From oh, he was cleared of misconduct by MIT, but you know what is that? Mm-hmm. Writer Zinzi Clemens accuses. You know Diaz of forcibly. I should click on the link before I start reading. Kissing her. <laughs> forcibly. That is, I guess. I feel like this had funny, but it was kind of funny. Forcibly doing oh. what? <laughs> Kissing. You her. know that yeah. we have to cut every single, <laughs> every single part of this conversation. We should probably cut the last twenty minutes because we are so we're not even bothering to pretend that we want to be on topic anymore uh let's uh what how about are we, we're done right we can wrap this up we should get out of here uh sure. ladies and gentlemen thank you for bearing with us <laughs> clearly we've really enjoyed talking to one another and uh luckily at least 45 percent of that was about the movie and that's uh generous the movie only stretches so far far i mean it is what it is i will say that at the very least we stayed more on track than blank check usually does sure anyway. more on track we don't have as many um so that's it for today ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us uh don't forget to go to patreon.com slash film stage show to give us your money don't forget to go to mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial of movie where every day they enter a brand new film for you to watch and enjoy that you have 30 streets, 30 days, 30 days to check out. Uh, currently on there, speaking of the Leon the Professional, La Femme Nikita is on there. Speaking of canceled people as well. <laughs> that is also a canceled person, <laughs> Luc Besson. 
I feel like that just means we have to cancel all of France. Um, that's just my my controversial opinion now. But don't forget, Time of the Wolf from Michael Haneke, who I am sure is the cuddliest man this side of Mr. Rogers. I've heard he's a prickly interview. <laughs> I bet. I yep. I'm glad you ended that with the adjective or the adverb. The interview. <laughs> oh man and that's it uh so that's all for today uh let's still find people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we're in their ears let us start with uh robin what am i doing (laughs) (laughs) wait i i what were my instructions (laughs) how can people follow you on the internet oh yes thank you um yeah you can follow me at at robin bar um and so it's at r-o-b-y-n-b-a-h-r all right, excellent. Um, Michael Snydell. Uh You can follow me on uh, oh Jesus at, at, at Snydell on Twitter. Um, I've been making my way through some screeners, so I'll have some short uh, thoughts on Letterbox, um, and I'll have a Queen and Slim review up. Uh, uh, I guess tomorrow. Um, no one's for you, Michael. School. You can. No, I have to I have to write it. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's all dependent on me doing stuff. It only has to be four hundred words, but you're going to give him ten thousand. <laughs> uh, as for myself, my personal site BrianJerone.com. Uh, I can be found on all of the social media sites at BrianJerone.com, and um, what's that other thing? Uh, the thing that I do. Uh, Twitter at BrianJerone. And uh, Film Stage, where you can find my written reviews as well as every episode of this year's podcast. Also, uh, we finally started working my distillery this week, so that's cool. So if you want to check that out, Schmidt Spirits, uh, Schmidt with no C, spirits.com, and uh, on Instagram as well. You can check out. Where is that located? Uh, it is in Beltsville, Maryland. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's cool. It's the thing that I'm going to talk about. Uh, that's all for today. However, uh, tomorrow we're going to be recording our review of Knives Out. And then the Irishman next week. And then the Irishman will follow next week. So (laughs) it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Michael sounds tired already. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next time. You made me forget myself. I thought I was someone else, someone good.